Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Competing for Christ podcast. I'm your host, Ken Burke, and I'm cutting right to the chase today because one, we don't have a guest, and two, probably more importantly, I am sharing what I learned, both the good and the bad, but mostly bad, as an athlete throughout my career. Now, I know that there are so many issues and there's so many problems and there's so many trials that athletes face today, probably more than ever because that's all we, you know, we talk about it so much now. But in this episode, we're going to go through the top 10 mistakes I made during my time as an athlete. And no, I'm not talking about missing a layup or striking out up to bat, which that happened a lot. I'm I'm just going to say it up front. It happened a lot. No, today we're going to be discussing the biggest problems I faced throughout my entire entire career, starting at number 10 and working our way down to the most common and probably biggest mistake that I made during my time of stepping on the field, stepping on the court, or even even playing a game of chess. And chess is a very fun game. If you if you don't know how to play, I would encourage you to to learn how to play. But for real, you're going to want to stick around to the end because I feel like some of you listening can definitely relate to some, if not all, of these issues in some way. So as we kick it off today, I wanted to preface that these are definitely definitely not the only problems that I faced during my time as an athlete. If I listed them all, this podcast would probably be as long as a Joe Rogan episode, and I don't even know how he does that, so I'm not even going to try. So let's get into it today. Number 10, misinterpreting the meaning of injuries. And you may sit here and say right off the bat, injuries are just injuries. They don't mean anything. God's not trying to tell you anything through them. And I would say you are mostly wrong. I'm not going to say all the time that injuries are something that God uses to speak to you. But injuries are not just little speed bumps that God puts in front of you to distract you from the sport that you love. Injuries can show you who you are, and also they can show you whose you are. Probably every kid from the South has heard that saying from their parents at one time. Know who you are and know whose you are. Usually that's about hanging out with friends and going on dates, but I think it applies to this too, specifically about injuries. Injuries, although they may feel terrible, trust me, I I know from experience, they give you a chance to press pause. They give you an opportunity to analyze yourself, analyze your life, and most importantly, analyze your priorities. I can't unpack everything I would like to say about injuries on the show today, but we literally have so many injuries and testimonies from athletes that that come on the podcast to talk about their stories, and injuries play a big role in that. Not only that, but they talk about how God uses them to shift their gaze from focusing on their sport and focusing their identity on their sport to focusing on Christ and not the sports that they play and they idolize. So that's number 10. Number nine is not reaching out to younger and older players during my career. Like I said before, we're going through all of my career, and this one mostly pertains to to my high school days. Um, I feel like in college, I, I did a better job about doing this, but definitely wasn't perfect. I got better about this in college because 
I started going to small groups and getting connected and taking underclassmen out to lunch and reaching out to upperclassmen. But high school was really different. When I was underclassman in high school, like most people in high school sports starting out, you can't touch the upperclassmen. You can't look at them, you can't talk to them, and you better not take their reps away. That caused me caused me to really be cautious when talking with upperclassmen. When I did, I, I felt like I had the privilege to talk to them, and I felt like I had to be a different person. And there's so many things wrong with that. But when I turned into an upperclassman, I'm sad to say that's how it was for the freshmen and the sophomores that were, that were under me during that time. That's why I, I included this topic in this episode. For, for both parties, older and younger players, don't make the same mistakes I did. Seniors, juniors, take a freshman out for coffee or lunch one day. Freshmen, sophomores, get involved with your school. Whether that be outside of your team and your teammates, that can be so beneficial for for people that are trying to find their clique, find the people that they want to be around. And also, there's evidence in the Bible for this. In Acts 16, we see the start of Paul and Timothy's mentorship. Paul saw potential in Timothy, and Timothy respected the man that Paul was in Christ. Therefore, their relationship was born, and you can kind of see the similarities now. Freshmen, reach out to the seniors on your team and just be willing to be uncomfortable. Seniors, you're going to be uncomfortable too, but you you just never know how impactful those relationships can be for both parties. Number eight, putting opponents and even teammates down to lift myself up. This one is really tough to talk about because it's something that I'm ashamed of and if you're listening to this and you're you're thinking, oh man, I, I do this too. Well, trust me, you're not the only one. I don't think I ever belittled anyone or made people feel like less of a person. So I, I hope that I don't give off that impression. What I mean is in order to get playing time or to help my team win, I would make the person or the team I was playing smaller than the children of God that they are. In one of our recent episodes, Say Thank You to Sports, I emphasize that in order to truly appreciate the sports that we play, we have to be willing to thank God for the people that we compete against. And I also mentioned that this was probably the hardest thing to do, too. But in my experience, it doesn't bring you satisfaction to winning if you put others, other people down to lift you up. In the moment, it might you might say, hey, like, I feel pretty good. Like I just belittled this guy. I just made him cry and I won. Isn't that great? No. I mean, if you're a Christian athlete, that shouldn't be what you strive to do. It should be to glorify God in everything that you do, especially teammates. Don't put the people that you're closest to down, the people that you call family in order to just to get some playing time because that can ruin your entire experience as an athlete. The teammates, the people that you are, you spend hours and hours and days and days with, you don't want to make them feel less of a person so you can get playing time. Trust me, from, from my experience, that's just, it's no way to be a good teammate. All right, number seven. Number seven is not enjoying the opportunities I was given throughout, throughout my career. 
If you're an athlete, you've heard it before. Appreciate the game because before long, it's going to be gone. And while that is probably one of the truest things that someone can say to an athlete, I don't, I don't think it sinks in with athletes at that time. At the moment, you can't, you can't really see past sports. What I mean is you can't see over the figurative horizon because it's, it's all you know. You've been playing sports for so long, for so many years, putting your blood, sweat, and tears in into it. But at some point, the well's going to dry up. I know for me personally, I didn't appreciate those moments enough. I didn't appreciate my teammates enough. I didn't appreciate those hot summer days at tournaments when you're at the ballpark for eight hours long. I didn't appreciate that because in the moment, you hate it. You hate being out there. But take it from take it from me, you're gonna wanna just take time and appreciate that. I have a lot of regrets when it comes to sports. Kind of the reason I started the podcast was to to help athletes not make the same mistakes that I that I did as an athlete. This might be one of my biggest regrets. I didn't always appreciate the long hours, the hot or cold days, and most of all, the people that God placed in my life during that time. I had so many teammates and so many coaches that helped me and guided me to where I am today, not because of something they said to me, you know, fixing my baseball swing or helping me tackle better. It's because they actually instilled character into me and they instilled things that I can use throughout the rest of my life, not just in my playing career. Next is number six, preparing physically and not preparing mentally. Number six and number five are, are kind of related, but I'll get to that in a minute. I never had an issue with working out, with running, or pushing my body physically during my career. I even looked forward to feeling sore because to me it meant that I worked hard. And that's an issue in and of itself because you don't have to feel sore to know that you worked hard. That's just, it doesn't how, it's not how it works. But that's a topic for another day. I never had issue with that, but it was very challenging for me to train my mental game. We even have an episode called Train Your Mental Game with psychotherapist Joni Needy. But in order for athletes to truly find their full potential, they have to be ready mentally. Because if you're focusing on anything but your sport in that moment, you're not giving 100%. I didn't realize this fact until my sophomore season of college. That means I had over 15 years of playing sports where I, I didn't know how or why I should train my brain. So if you're listening to this and you haven't done this, I would strongly encourage you to either... I don't know, look up videos on how to do this, go to counseling, or just take time to just breathe and take a moment before a game or before practice. And oh, by the way, counseling is healthy for everyone, including athletes. The stigma around counseling not being useful, especially in athletics, is just completely false. But you can go listen to my episode with Joni for more about that. Number five, pushing my body too far. All right, I told y'all five and six were related, and that's because they both deal with training your body. But number five is pushing your body too far. I know I've been guilty of this way too many times. I, I Still today, my wife 
has to remind me not to push it too far, and I'm not even an athlete anymore. I don't know if it was ignorance or arrogance or something else, but I had some toxic, some toxic habits when it came to working out and training. Part of that was people telling me to to do this, to push my body to its brink. But most of it was because of how I thought about my body. I would spend hours and hours and hours in the gym or at the field trying to get better when actually it was probably making me worse because it consumed me and it was all that I thought about. I pushed my body to its tipping point and when it finally went south, I was in the hospital getting surgery for a torn up hip and a hamstring. So I'm, I'm saying all this because, it, because it's important. Don't let yourself get to a place of needing to feel sore for validation that you worked out. Don't, get, don't let yourself get to a place of having to scroll through Instagram and look at people with your definition of a perfect body to get enough dopamine in your brain to go work out another time. But whatever it may be, maybe maybe you strive to to have a perfect body, whatever that definition is, or trying to just get playing time or just trying to prove others wrong. Don't let it get to that point. Which brings me to point number four, trying to prove others wrong. Now this is a huge one. Maybe you like to maybe you like to play with a chip on your shoulder. Maybe you walk around with a chip on your shoulder. I know baseball players, they always get the stigma of, or the stereotype of walking around like they own the place and having a chip on their shoulder when no one no one cares about that. But it's not always a bad thing, but when the Frito, the Frito turns into the size of a watermelon, you've got issues. And I just, I can't believe I just made a chip joke on this podcast, but I'm not sorry about it. But seriously, when that chip on your shoulder turns into something that makes you cocky and something that you can't really see God through, that makes you want to prove anyone and everyone wrong. I'll give you a, I'll give you a personal example. When I was trying to find a place to play baseball and, and going through the recruiting process in high school, I sent out emails to schools that I thought I might be a good fit for. And if you're an athlete, you understand this. Nothing wrong with it at all. But when some of the coaches emailed me back and said, I don't think that you'd be a good fit here. And maybe it was because I was sending emails to Vanderbilt and UCLA. I'm just kidding. I didn't go that far. But it was some high high profile schools that I had no business emailing. But when they emailed me back and said that, that chip on my shoulder kept getting bigger and bigger and bigger. And by the end of it, I was so focused on proving those coaches and those teams wrong that I took for granted all of the teams that were actually interested in me and actually were trying to recruit me. And if you listened to this before, you know my story. I found an amazing program at Covenant College that fit me academically and athletically. And saying all that, my point is, you can play with a chip on your shoulder, but don't let that be your soul. S-O-L-E, and soul, S-O-U-L, motivation in sports. It'll only make you crave validation from more and more people when you don't need to do that, when you don't, you don't have to do anything to earn Christ's salvation, and you don't, if you're around the right people, you don't have to earn their respect or trust or anything like that. 
Number three is not letting Jesus onto the field with me. We all know the verse, 1 Corinthians 10, 31, whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do all to the glory of God. Yeah, I did not do that very well at times in my career. Early on, I didn't let Jesus onto the field with me because I thought either A, Jesus didn't care about sports, or B, I can do whatever I want on the field and it's not going to affect my testimony. And I was dead wrong, completely wrong, 100%. First of all, God cares about everything that you do and everything that's going on in the world, especially what we do as athletes. Second, what you do on the field directly affects how others see your testimony and see you as a person, as a Christian. If you're playing football on Saturdays and acting one way and then go to church on Sunday and act a completely different way, those that know you are going to act in three different ways. They're going to, they're either going to ignore everything you say about Jesus, question why you act one way one day and then another the next, or confront you and tell you that you can't live these two different lives. You got to be willing to put aside your ego, put aside your craving for glory or whatever it may be, and give it to God. When you let Jesus onto the field with you, not only do you give God the glory when you play, but it also frees you up to make mistakes because you aren't defined by what you do as an athlete. Maybe LeBron was right when he said, we are more than athletes. I don't think he was talking about Christians, but it applies here. Number two, putting too much pressure on myself. I had a lot of coaches growing up that when I played, it felt like they were breathing down my neck, that I couldn't make an error because if I did, I would be chastised, pulled, or benched, or ostracized. I don't know. Do you ever feel that? What about thinking about how your teammates are going to look at you if you make a mistake? How your parents are going to react when you tell them that you don't want to play anymore. All of these things put immense, immense pressure on you as an athlete. I had such a hard time with all of these things. It even affected my day-to-day life with anxiety and depression and so many more things. I put so much pressure on myself to win or succeed that it took physical, mental, and at times spiritual tolls. If you're listening to this and this is a hard point for you to combat, you aren't the only one. Pretty much every athlete puts too much pressure on themselves. It's easy from the outside looking in to say, just have fun and don't worry about what, don't worry about all the other stuff. And that never worked for me. I, I don't, I don't think it would work for a lot of people. For myself, I had to physically do things that took pressure off of me like I don't know, breathing, breathing exercises and meditation. And if you're one of those Christians that think medit- thinks meditation is bad or, I don't know, something that's from the devil, it's not. Meditation can help you so much as an athlete. If you struggle with this and you want to know more, please just message me or email me or something. Send me a carrier pigeon. I don't care. Because it's something that is, it's not, it's not just going to go away by itself. And it will not work if you try to do it alone or just don't try to not to do anything about it. Trust me, I, I spent most of my career putting so much pressure on myself that I didn't let myself appreciate everything that God was using through sport. 
All right, we made it. The number one mistake that I made as an athlete that every athlete I have ever known struggles with, making sports who you are. I had a coach, and I'm not going to say who it is for obvious reasons. Maybe he listens to this. I don't know. But that coach, one day after we lost a game and just played awful, he took this unconventional approach to coaching, and he went around to every player individually in front of the entire team and just rung them a new one. He exposed all of us for things that we did wrong or mistakes that we made during the game and even like personal in-depth issues. It was kind of, it was bad. But when he came to me, he said, Ken, you walk around like you're a Christian, but you don't act like it. You pray before games, but you don't live it out. When my when he said that, my immediate reaction was to get so angry. I was filled with so much emotion that I just I, I stopped paying attention to anything that was said the rest of the night. But as I think I think about that moment, that instance, that huddle now, I still feel that emotion. I still feel the pain of being exposed in front of all my friends, all of my teammates. But you know what sticks out more to me? how right he was. You know, he may not have laid it out as gently as I would have liked, but it, it stuck with me ever since that day because it was the wake-up wake up call that I needed. I needed someone or something to call me out on, on my sin like that because I was not, not living for Christ during that time. I needed to change my mindset, not only on sports, but my entire life. Ever since that day, I, I know I haven't been perfect, but I have never gotten that message out of my mind. I feel like that was kind of a seed that God planted in order for me to use it, I don't know, in this podcast. I never stopped thinking about what my identity was in and where it was. When you ask an athlete, can you tell me about yourself? What's one of the first things I say? Oh, I play soccer, I play basketball, I play badminton, on and on and on. No matter the sport, when you're surrounded by sports and it, it's all you think about, all you know and all you love, it becomes, and I feel like this is a motto on this podcast by now, it becomes your identity. I made baseball who I was. For some of you listening, you've, you've made volleyball who you, who you are. You've made football who you are. You've made tennis who you are. And it's not a bad thing to love and, and care so deeply about your sport. In all honesty, Christ would want you to do that. He wants you to show passion and to show love for what what he's made in this world, but for his glory. And I'm not saying that we we can give God any more glory than what he already has, because we can't. He is the most glorified being ever to exist in the past, present, and future, beginning and the end. That is Christ. What I'm saying is when you show that passion, show others that it's for God, not for yourself. Put your identity in God, not yourself, not your accolades, not your sport. When you're asked to say something about yourself, you can say that you're an athlete, but tell others about what God has done for you through sports. So as we close down today, those are my top 10 mistakes that I made during my time as an athlete. Like I said before, there are so many more issues and problems that 
athletes struggle with nowadays. But I hope that you can relate to at least one of these topics because it's so important to talk about and it's so important to hear. And I would love to know things that you struggle with or stuff that you're still struggling struggling with as an athlete. What's so important to remember as athletes, especially Christian athletes, we're not alone. That's why this podcast is here to help you navigate issues in athletics from a Christian perspective, to help you spread the gospel through sports. So as we do wrap up today, I do ask that you subscribe to the show if you enjoyed it. It, it means more to us than you know. If you like the episode, please share it with someone that you think could get some use out of it. But as we say every week, if you don't get anything else from this podcast, just remember this. God loves you, and he's going to fight for you no matter what. Talk to you all next time.